Hello, everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Employment Matters, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Pete Waltz. Well, today's a special day. It's Tuesday, and on the Employment Matters podcast, that means Travel Tuesday, where each week we get the chance to dial in our members from all around the world who share with us important things we need to know about doing business in their jurisdiction. Today, we're going to be learning more about doing business in Yemen, and I'm pleased to welcome to the show Abdullah Lukman, the managing partner at Lukman Legal. Abdullah, how are you today? I've been well, thank you, and it's great talking to you again as well, Pete. So Yemen is one of those countries that if you're not in the region, you don't know much about it. You know, from a business standpoint, you do read about it, hear about it in the news. And I think our listeners will be very fascinated to find out more about what it's like to do business in Yemen. So just to open up our conversation, can you give us a general overview of Yemen? Maybe what the population and the demographics are like, maybe a little bit about the government structure. Share that with us if you would. Sure. Yemen is situated in the southwest corner of the Arabian Peninsula. It's bordered by Saudi Arabia from the north, Oman from the east, Red Sea from the west, and then the Arabian Sea and Babel Mandab from the south. Now, Babel Mandab is a very strategic strait which joins the Arabian Sea, Red Sea, and Gulf of Aden. And through it, most of the international trade passes to go from the Gulf to Africa and then through the Suez Canal in Egypt onwards. A very important piece of water state. How many people are in Yemen, Abdullah? The population is uh, about 30 million. Wow, that's much larger than I would have thought. And how's the government structured? The government structure, it's a republic. We have the legislative branch, which is the parliament and the Shura Council. And the executive branch is the government and the ministry is headed by the prime minister. And then the country is, as a whole is headed by the president. And what is the general language of business in Yemen? The official language is Arabic. But obviously, English is common, but it's not official. So all all official correspondence and all submissions before official bodies and courts have to be in Arabic. So let's talk about some of the business that flows through Yemen and what some of the key industries are that the folks in Yemen are focused on. Can you share that with us? The key industries or most of the revenues of the state comes from oil and gas. Then there is some agriculture, and most famous of which is coffee. If you've come across Mocha coffee, the name Mocha is named after a small port in the west, in uh, west of Yemen called Macha. And Macha was the first port which exported coffee in 1450, so about 600 years ago. Yes. Yes. I and, have a uh, whole new understanding of mocha. That sounds interesting. Yes, and it's supposed to be the top specialty coffee in the world, together with Brazilian coffee. Fantastic. Well, that's something I'll be looking for. I'm not sure they have that in the stores here in the U.S. where I'd be looking, but I will search it out. Let's talk about some of the people, the foreign employers that come to Yemen and want to hire local workers in Yemen. 
What are some of the unique employment rules or regulations a foreign employer would need to know about? Let me take you back pre-2015 when the war started. Pre-2015, most of the expats were working in the oil and gas industry and international NGOs, plus obviously branches of airline companies and pharmaceuticals and other type of businesses. Since 2015, when the war broke out, all foreigners left the country, with the exception of some expats who are working for UN agencies. They are still in the country. But the rest were actually asked to leave by their embassies. And all foreign embassies are now closed in Yemen since 2015. But when we talk about employment issues, unfortunately, the labor legislation in Yemen is very friendly and very much pro the local employees. Unfortunately, as you know, with many jurisdictions and many employers, they often come to a country and attempt to do business and contract on the assumptions that laws are the same as they know them in their countries, and they are a bit different here. As I told you, the example that the laws are very friendly towards local employees, and the local legislation requires that foreign companies do have legal presence in Yemen in order to hire. And what we notice is sometimes the foreign companies send contractors or employees to Yemen with the contract drawn in in states or in, in the UK or in Dubai without having legal presence and that then get them into problems. There's another text in the labor code that states that employment contracts have to be in the Arabic language. And obviously foreign companies or employers don't, don't know about that. And that becomes an issue when disputes arise. So these issues, we we tend to advise clients who come and ask before attempting to do business in Yemen and to hire employees. So it sounds like you aren't going to be sending your employees into Yemen, but you are going to be able to hire locally in Yemen with local Yemen workers, but you would have to have a business presence there. So typically when you advise clients, do they end up creating their own entity? in Yemen, or do they end up partnering with an alliance or some other type of organization? What kind of legal advice do do you give companies when they're trying to do business in that way? We advise them to set up a legal entity, and that could be a branch office or a limited liability company. And fortunately, in 28, I think 2008, unlike other neighboring jurisdictions, Yemen liberated their business rules to allow foreigners to own businesses 100%. So if you're a foreign investor, you can set up a limited liability company, a trading company, wholly owned. Unlike other neighboring jurisdictions where it requires the foreigner to have a 51% local stake and 49% for the foreign company. So we don't have this limitation. So they can have, they can own their business 100%. And this way they can hire either local employees 
or they can hire foreign employees after obtaining the necessary work permits for them. So let's talk about then, since the the labor codes have really been leaning towards the local employee, we always want to know from our jurisdictions, would you say in general that the business climate leans more towards the pro-business side, or is it more in support of the employees or a pro-employee leaning? Which would you say Yemen is in that regard? In general, there is no bias, but when it comes to labor disputes, it's leaning towards the employees, especially where the claimants are local employees and the employer is a foreign employer. So do you find most of your engagements are defending the expat or the international company in the local courts? That's exactly what we do, yes. We're always called upon by foreign employers who are sued by local employees. Well, let's talk about, you did mention something about a work permit, and we always want to understand, especially given the challenges of global travel these days, what are the prospects for for entering the region and, and having an immigration program with some of your workers? Is it difficult to do, or is it pretty simple? It's much more difficult than it used to be because there is an international blockade over Yemen, especially the northern part, which is currently ruled by the Houthis, and the southern part, which is ruled by the internationally recognized government. The airport in the north is closed, and only UN flights are allowed. So anybody entering the country would have to enter the country through uh, southern airports, which have very limited flights to only Cairo, Jordan. So anybody coming from, if you were to come from the States, you would have to take a flight to Jordan or Cairo and then fly from those two destinations into Aden in the south and then travel to the north if you have a job in the north. And the problem is because we have now basically two governments who need to obtain visas from both parts of the country. That sounds like quite a challenge. So the typical challenges our labor and employment lawyers face with their clients, it sounds like some of those are very similar. But when you layer a war over the top of it, it must add a whole nother dynamic. So is your workday different than what we would expect a typical workday to be like from someone? I mean, is the is the war ever present in the business communities or is it really happening you know, in the outskirts of business? Well, during the last six months, there have been a truce, so things are quiet. But the last few years, obviously, the war affected business tremendously. And we went through months of working from home due to lack of power, fuel, internet. We had to use generators when we could find oil or diesel, And we also used solar power to run our modems. So it definitely affected business big time. Sounds like it. It's fascinating. And again, you've been a guest on our program before. You've been a longtime member of the ELA. And you're in such a fascinating jurisdiction that, I mean, it's always great to hear from you. So thank you so much for sharing today. And we wish you the best and hope that you can stay safe and well over there and continue to support your clients. Thanks a lot for giving me the chance. And I'm happy to help anytime. 
And I think I'm going to want to figure out where I can get some of this Yemen mocha coffee. So we're going to have a sidebar on that at another time. We'll, we'll sort something out for you. We'll sort something out for you to taste. Wonderful. Well, thanks for your time, Abdullah. You're welcome, Pete. Thanks a lot. If you'd like to connect with Abdullah, you can find his bio by clicking on his name in the description of this podcast. Please visit ela.law to receive invitations to our upcoming webinars, download white papers, get access to our on-demand content, or use the ELA's exclusive Global Employer Handbook. You've been listening to Employment Matters, a podcast brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Pete Waltz. Thanks so much for listening.